everyone. Welcome to Loving This Life podcast, hosted by yours truly, Abby Hillis, founder of ACH Events and co-founder of The Twelfth Woman, an advocacy group fighting for sexual assault survivors. This podcast is about loving the life that you live and 100% owning it and being happy with it. Each episode will include a guest or thoughts to help bring your dreams to reality, understand true commitment in life, and help turn some of your darkest days into the brightest years. So grab some coffee, some wine, or whatever tickles your fancy, and join me on this adventure of finding happiness and taking charge. Hey guys. Hello. It is Abby here. And Amanda. (laughs) And we're recording together. It's so much fun. This is the Loving This Life and Fearless Girl Gang podcast mashup episode. Mashup. I love it. It's going to be so fun. (laughs) Yeah. So we're just basically going to ask each other some questions. We are working together on the Fearless Conference Mm -hmm. 2020. Yep. It's going to be the best. We're actually recording this out of Waco. We're in this cute little, like, <laughs> house edition. I don't know. Set the scene a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little... It's like the... I don't know. I feel like this house was built in, like, the 1920s or something. I thought it was the 1800s. Oh, my God. Well, I don't know. I think it's really, it's really old. It's really freaking old. Amanda woke up to all the little children pitter-patter this morning. Yeah, because you're right. It's like an addition on onto the house, so you hear, like, the family on the other <laughs> side of the wall. But it's been pretty great, so we're grinding it out in this quaint little... Little house. Yeah, hitting up some awesome food places and coffee shops in Waco and just trying to uh, spend two days really hashing out the basic details and the backbones of the conference and getting to know each other. Yeah. And there's the kids. There's the kids. They're back. Morning. (laughs) Y'all are probably going to hear them. You don't like kids. Here's a trigger warning. (laughs) Trigger warning. Don't listen to this episode. (laughs) Or only do it when you have kids in the background so they just blend in together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, awesome. Anyways, okay, so um, starting out, why don't you go first? Tell us a little bit about yeah. you and give a brief background, even though most of your listeners probably know about it. But. Yeah. So I live in the Dallas, Texas area, been teaching music for six years, self-taught entrepreneur. I started my own company, Two Gather LLC, and so umbrella for Dallas Girl Gang, which a lot of people, if you've listened to the Fearless Girl Gang podcast, we talk about it all the time our podcast, and then the conference. And so that's what we do. She does all of that while having a full-time job. I would just like to just... And and staying married. (laughs) And married. And happily married at that. Happily married. Um, Mind-blowing. Yeah. I I should always put a huge sticker of just gratitude to my husband. To be like, I love you, thank you. (laughs) One day you'll get me back. One day you'll get me back. Like, you know, it's just so crazy. Like, and we talked about this last night, but... Having someone supportive is so important. Anyway. Yes, it is. It is so important. All the shiz. Um, Abby, tell us about you. Yeah, so I have a background in sports, a lot of uh, gymnastics-based event planning and that type of thing. And I was working in the gymnastics field for quite some time and running a facility and decided I wanted to start event planning on my own on the side as like a fun little side gig. And of course, like... Amanda and a lot of other entrepreneurs, a side gig turns into a full-blown business. When a you monster. Least, when a you good least, monster. A good monster, <laughs> but when you least expect it. So at the beginning of 2018, um, almost two years ago, I went full-time mm-hmm. and 
Um, we do weddings and we do, um, and I'm based out of Austin, we also do event marketing and event planning. And we're really trying to focus on women-based events and empowering women and that type of thing because I found it's just really really fulfilling and really awesome work and it's way more fun than political events and <laughs> corporate events so you know why not yeah but yeah uh, I have a little son he's two years old and an awesome husband very supportive as well and yeah Amanda and I were talking about that last night how important <clears throat> being an entrepreneur and having a supportive spouse is mm-hmm. and she was asking me like what's it like to do it and have a kid and I'm like couldn't do it without a supportive spouse. Yeah, and help. Couldn't do it without and a help. And I'm sure help yeah. with your fa- from your family and you're like, oh, yeah. mother-in-law or whoever. Yeah. We can't move right now. Yeah. They, <laughs> we're stuck like, in Austin for at least now. Right, and you're like, hmm. The free support yeah. is just, yeah, yeah there's no That's there's crazy. no price tag on that for sure. Uh, well, this is going to be fun. We're going to ask each other questions. Yeah. Just kind of ping pong back and forth. Yeah. And so you guys are getting like... Two episodes in one. It's gonna be yeah. pretty fun. I think it's cool. I've never done something like this. Though. I know me either. Do you want to do? It? Do you want to go first? Yeah, yeah, I will. Okay, so obviously you are like the woman leader. I mean, in, from my eyes, back in da- or Austin, you're like the woman leader of like the Dallas women. That's how I see it, <laughs> and especially millennials. I just imagine myself like walking down the street with and women like, a just sign. <laughs> just, <laughs> yeah, this is like a side. Hold on, pause. Have you ever seen Hot Rod? No. Okay. Is this another movie? Yes, it's another movie. I don't watch TV. (laughs) It's like all these people just start following them, like for no reason. And there's like this, like, you know, anthem of a song in the background. Yes. This is you walking down the streets of (laughs) Dallas, and you just have this, like, group of millennial women just following you. (laughs) Anyways, okay, so you lead this group of women, and you're really, like, teaching women in Dallas how to be better business owners or better just like employees or leaders in in their jobs and in their companies and I just wanted to know like you see a lot you hear a lot you're always talking to influencers and you're always you know getting the best business practice from really successful women I was just wondering what was one thing that really amazes you when you see women to come together Mm -hmm. and then like one thing that you wish like that you would change that's almost cringeworthy that you've seen. Yeah, that you were like, I wish women would just altogether stop doing. I think the coolest thing to see, and I and I really felt like this when we did the the conference this summer, is I just got to work with all my friends. <laughs> like, you know, you and I were saying this yesterday. Yeah. I oftentimes, you know, whether it's a client or someone that we like contract out, I want to become friends with whoever. Yeah. You know, my mom has always said I've never met a stranger. And I think that's wonderful. I don't, I, I love it. Yeah. Um, and so <clears throat> when we bring together and we're able to like hire or, you know, partner with these other female business owners, if you have the right intention, you're very like open and mm-hmm. authentic about it. And you like take a little bit of a risk, you can form these really wonderful relationships. And so then doing a big project together, you see everything coming together that you wrote down on paper and then your your event that day for me it's obviously it's events but like that day you just get to like not play with your friends but like you get to work and have fun with all these people and then after the fact you see them flourish by maybe these two people pair off and go do their own project like months later or yeah. they have the, someone on their podcast or like they just become really good friends. I think that like that's a huge component of why I started Dallas Growing is like we need friendship and no one wants to be alone. And so I think that's like the coolest thing. I think something I wish we would stop doing or, <laughs> or, or something that makes me like want to barf is <laughs> is 
because, and I say this because I feel like this sometimes. Okay. Is feeling threatened or feeling like someone's going to steal all your secrets. And I think, because I, I see and hear a lot of that in not just the influencer space, but there there's two things. I think people really want to build a relationship with someone. And so you do want to take them out for coffee and get to know them and whatever. And you do want to learn from them and you want to become friends with them. But then there's other people that they want it to just be one-sided. And so they say something like, hey, I would love to pick your brain and take you out for coffee. That is the one phrase <laughs> that you're like, run! <laughs> that you're like, deuces, I'm out. Because that, you know, unless they, because most of the time you're like, I don't know who you are. Like, you didn't even try to like make a relationship with me first or like if you can take out the the pieces of like what you want from them yeah and just focus on the relationship that's going to be much more fruitful yeah so yeah yeah i think people try to take advantage of of that i mean it's happened to me I mean, totally I say, I say no no and i think the biggest thing too that to like piggyback off of that is Good things come from like good relationships and good friendships. And when 100%. women, when women choose to not, I think, I don't know if it's like a trust thing or just like how we're wired, but mm-hmm. we initially want to do the like defense and have fear that someone's like after what we're doing or like, you know, yeah. protect what we've created. Right. But it's like choosing to not have that response naturally and trying to say, okay, wait, let me take a back seat mm-hmm. and like, really like see what happens first before mm-hmm. I really decide to like put my like defenses red flags up. and defenses up mm-hmm. and and say okay wait maybe this isn't such a good idea yeah well I see that like in the education world you know if you see like let's say a teacher comes up with a really cool I don't know lesson plan template mm-hmm. and she's using it with like her second grade team and then a third grade teacher sees it and it's like oh my gosh that's amazing will you share it with me I would love to use it there's no problem. She's just going to send it. Like, there's no, like, well, I made this, and I worked really uh, hard for it, and, like, you're going to have to pay me for it. There's none of that, which I think I think there's, obviously, in that education world, you, can, you can't just, like, make extra money like that. Right, but, right. And, you know, in the entrepreneur space, I think it's a little bit different. But it's a much more, in some cases, a collaborative kind of cohort feeling. Well, and you don't know when that third grade teacher is going to have something that they're going to share back down to the second grade teacher. And it may not be with like in that week, but it could be six months later. And it, you know, you just don't know, like it's a give and take. It's it's like this credit where credit is due crutch or whatever I'm trying to say. I, because I have that, I get really touchy about that sometimes. Like whether it's my own stuff, like, or if I see someone using someone else's stuff and they have not credited them, I will message them and say, hey, this is actually by so-and-so. Like, you should credit them. They deserve it. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes they do and sometimes, sometimes they don't. They don't. But, yeah. yeah. Well, that's really big on social media right now is it people is. just taking stuff and not yeah. reposting and just not crediting and yeah. not giving the person who worked their butt off for it. And I think, yeah. too, that something that I've been working on as a business owner that helps like diminish the fear of like someone trying to take what you're doing is I have full confidence that like I'm what makes my business successful. Yeah. Someone could take the recipe that I've created and implement it and it wouldn't be the same as me because it's not me. Copy you. Right. Yeah. And same with you. Like 
anyone could try to go do what you're trying to do somewhere else, but it's not going to be what you're doing because Mm -hmm. it's not you and you're not the one leading it. Mm -hmm. And I think that people need to have more confidence in that. Like whatever you're creating cannot be replicated because you can't replicate yourself. Yeah. And I think you should have confidence in that, that like you bring the uniqueness to your business. Yeah. Jacqueline Johnson always says like, no one can copy your heart. Yeah. I love that. That's really good. Yeah. That's okay. Really I want to ask you a question. Okay. Go. Ready? So you've been a business owner for a while now. Yep. I want to talk about best business practices, but pertaining to when you're working with other women, because I think in the wedding industry, in the event industry, it's a lot of women. Yep. And that can be beautiful, but it also can be difficult. We all have a lot of emotions. Mm -hmm. So what are some of your best business practices? Like whether it's like email or communication or like... I mean, the first two words that came to mind was communication and vulnerability. Mm. Like I am huge. I always have been. When I worked for the gymnastics gym that I worked for, they were very big on not communicating, especially like even growing up to my parents, they didn't want to communicate anything and it was always like a wound in my parents that like they never knew what was going on in my life Mm. and I think a lot of problems in this world could be solved through communication (laughs) and so I try to be as like upfront and transparent as possible you're Um, really good at it yeah Mm -hmm. I try I try to be approachable I try to uh, say things that give you like leeway into being able to to approach me about something that may otherwise be kind of awkward or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I think when you allow space for that, it's just especially with women. Men so much don't care about it as much as women do, but like mm-hmm. feeling that safe space to be able to actually be honest and open. Like uh, just this last week over Christmas, I had a client who had to cancel a wedding. And rather than just say, hey, we're canceling the wedding, she actually full-fledged told me why. And it's like really, really deep and vulnerable. And I... Of course, I'm like super heartbroken over it because I loved this client, but it was like honestly so amazing when I like got the email because like the first thing that I thought was like, wow, she trusted me with that information and like she like she was okay with telling me this. Mm -hmm. And I don't know that everyone would feel that way with their wedding planner or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think that with that, I'm going to be able to actually help her try to get as much of the money back and deposits back and, you know, Mm -hmm. just trying to help her navigate what to do in this situation and really truly understand what she's going through mm-hmm. and not just be a, her wedding planner, but kind of be a friend through a really crappy time. Yeah. And I think communication and being up front, like, I don't know if you've read it, but there's like, I even put a note in your planning binder and it's like, we at Grow Group like want people to like be approached, be able to approach us and talk to us. And like, if you're ever feeling like frustrated or, you know, like you don't know what's going on or like there's lack of communication, like we just need to know because we can't fix it. And I just mm-hmm. tell people that all the time, like, I also try to have conversations with people when I feel like I'm frustrated with them because Mm -hmm. it's not fair if they don't know. Mm -hmm. Now, if I've given them the information and they still choose to do nothing with it, that's then on them. But communication and vulnerability and just being being open and honest and trying to but still trying to keep your emotion under control. Mm -hmm. And I think Mm -hmm. that's. I try really hard to. That's what I've built both of my businesses off of is doing that. I think that's really good. Yeah. All right. Switching gears. Mm -hmm. Obviously, I have to ask everyone who comes on the podcast this question, so I want to ask it to you. Mm -hmm. Last night, we were actually sitting on the couch, and (laughs) you were just like, you know, I just really love my life right now. And I was like, yes, you do. (laughs) That's awesome. So what do you think that you've done in your life? I always like people to share, like, their – 
what works for them that really makes you love your life? Like, what are the things that you've done that you feel like you've set yourself up to be in a place, even when the going gets hard, that you're mm-hmm. like, man, I wouldn't trade this life for anything? I would say, first of all, disclaimer, like, this is probably the hardest... Can we cuss? Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is, like, the shittiest season <laughs> that I've been through, probably, in a while, at least, because I'm working this full-time job, it's really freaking difficult. It's very traumatic. It's all this. And I'm married. And like there's, you know, my family's around. And where I'm running a business. And I'm like this all of a sudden. Like like I was telling you, like two years ago, I would have not been thinking, oh, I'm going to be the CEO of my own company. Like I would <laughs> not have said that. Yeah. And so just as like a disclaimer, like this has been the hardest season. But I say that I love it because, and we were talking, you and I were talking about kids because, you know, not that anybody has really like been poking at us, like when they're going to have kids, I'm really surprised that like our families or just yeah. friends or whoever aren't poking at us, which is like kind of nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I still feel like someone's out there thinking, why haven't we had kids yet? Yeah. And so I was thinking about that, but like, I love our life. I love that it's just me, my husband, and yeah. our dog. Yeah. And we can do what we want. Not that we don't want kids, but it's just, I love where we are because through, like, the most difficult year this year, or the most difficult in recent years, because <laughs> we've been through some shit, but we have clung to each other. We've been there for each other. Zach started a new job that's sales and 100% commission. So it is rough as hell. Yeah. And he's traveling sometimes all the way up here to Waco on, you know, Monday, Wednesday, Thursday wow. for three weeks. Yeah. And so it's it's really difficult. And then school is crappy. But, like, there's these amazing things happening in our business. Not just, like, money-wise or not just, like, cool things and working with cool brands and cool people. But it's, like, like you were saying, you, you get to look at these people and how people are telling you, my life has been changed, which to me sounds a little dramatic, but that's what people have, have said is like, my life's been changed because now I have a community yeah. and a place where I feel like I belong and I found my best friend or I found a new business partner or I found, right. I finally gained the confidence to start my own business or to find a new job or, or whatever it might be. And that's what I set out to do. Yeah. I didn't know this is what it was going to look like, but yeah, I just, I love what we get to do and I love I, I I can't explain it almost I'm very I'm so relational and so getting to meet new people and form new relationships is really special to me yeah and I think that's why and you've made it your business so you just get to uh, exactly do that. yeah not I mean and definitely like I said you know a minute ago this has been one of the hardest seasons because yeah. juggling all this and you know I mean like I started going to therapy again because I was like this is getting rough. Yeah. <laughs> this is getting hard. You know, I need to like clear out the cobwebs and, you know, cause I get really stuck in my own thoughts and my own yep. head and I don't realize it. I need some, I need some like perspective. Yep. Ditto. So yeah. for sure. Love it. Yeah. Cool. Hit me <clears throat> with the question. Let's do it. So this is more like professional about event planning. Okay. I think a lot of people that listen to our show either attend a lot of events okay. to network, connect, learn, whatever. Totally. Or they are planning events themselves in some capacity, maybe for the first time 
or maybe they recently just started to kind of eventize. Mm -hmm. It's a new word I started using. I like that. Um, Eventize their business for Mm -hmm. like marketing purposes. So if you had to boil it down to two things, what are the two things you have to have to make any kind of event successful? Big, small, long event, short event. A budget. I don't think that an event should start without a budget because that's like, like I, we said this yesterday when we started planning and really getting going. An event is a business. Mm-hmm. Like there has to be an ROI. There has to be like, if you don't start with a budget, you run a very large risk of being in the hole. It's and like you uncharted territory. <laughs> Yeah, and you could be in the hole, like fifteen grand yeah. in the hole by running an event if you're not if you don't know what Three you're weeks doing. Later and fifteen grand. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just it's an like depending on like the magnitude of the event. I mean, you. I mean, events can get insanely expensive. But even to just do something small, I don't even think that people realize like even typical small events are thousand you know ten thousand mm-hmm. dollars, and it just takes a lot of moving pieces mm-hmm. and a lot of people doing really good jobs at things mm-hmm. and. If you don't start with like, I always think of it, the budget as being like the outskirts of a puzzle. Mm-hmm. You know how there's very rare people that start in the middle, but for the most <laughs> of us that start on the outside of creating and putting a puzzle together, like you start with the edge pieces. And like, to me, that's a budget. And like, you're kind of like, kind of what we're spending this, this, uh, the past two days doing is like, that's your outside of your puzzle. And like, without that, it's going to be really hard. You're going to kind of be backtracking, trying to like, figure out and you're going to make yourself a heck of a lot more work. So the first thing I would say is 1000% budget. And the second thing is, is a good vendor team. Mm. And I think that's something that you and I like being and doing it all the time. Like you vet vendors constantly and Mm -hmm. it's like, yep, I'll work with you again. And nope, you do not get how to like personalize a business and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, scratch each other's backs and in a good way, in a good way. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, there's just like a lot of times where vendors have an option to step out of their scope of business to help and assist, and some do and some don't. Mm-hmm. You know, like I have a DJ who, when he does weddings with me during picture time after the ceremony, he'll bring all the bridal party drinks. Oh, how nice! And it's like he doesn't have to do that, he's not contracted to do that, but like he does it, and it makes me look 10 times better, especially if I've referred that client to that DJ. And they're like, man, he was an awesome DJ because every referral falls back on you and it was a reflection of you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think that when you have a good vendor team and it's like really people that trust each other, Mm -hmm. regardless of what hasn't been planned for the event or what Mm -hmm. could go wrong, a good vendor team will always pull it out. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) that sounded weird. (laughs) (laughs) But like they'll always make the event happen successful. If you have vendors that either one haven't worked with before or two, they just don't get the team concept mm-hmm. of, of running an event. It makes it a lot harder for everyone involved. Mm-hmm. And I always say, like, a vendor team putting on an event is a team. They mm-hmm. should be as one. And mm-hmm. they need to know each other. They need to know who's doing what. They need to know when each other are loading in, loading out, because they all have trucks and deliveries and things like that. And if mm-hmm. everyone is not communicating with each other, you may have a designer waiting for an hour and a half while furniture unloads. And, like, that's hour and a half that they're paying their employees to sit in a truck and wait for another vendor to unload when, you know, communication could have fixed all those issues. Mm-hmm. And then that then they're pissed and they're not happy. Yeah. And so having a vendor team that communicates, that's a team. Definitely learn the hard way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't we all? Yeah. So I would say, like, 1,000% budget and then vendor team. I mean. Yeah.
my preferred vendors. I yeah. like love it when, when clients use my preferred vendors because I just, I know hands down it's going to be a great day. And yeah. it always is. It's going to be a, almost a flawless experience. Yeah. Yeah. Which, yeah. Mean, which it just means a lot. Like I think some people might be listening and being like, well, like, yeah, you want to have a good experience. But it it comes down to, like you were saying, the referrals. And if the experience is not 100%, then whoever you just did this work for is going to not be super happy. And then mm-hmm. they're going to say something or they're going to talk about it. They're not going to come back to you. And it's just like a, a circle. I think that's really important. And one thing I do want to say to that, if you are starting out and you're like, well, that's great. I don't have a preferred vendor list. Like, I don't know who's good and who's not. It's okay. Well, it's okay. Start forming your own. And also don't be afraid to reach out to people. Like in the yeah. Austin community and all of us in the event world in Austin, we have tons of Facebook groups and um, tons of like event networking groups that like we all vet with each other. And there's like this, this known trust of like where you can... You know, find someone where you can just, that's experience that you can text and be like, hey, have you ever worked with so-and-so? Mm-hmm. And just be able to get like a gauge a on in how someone is. I mean, I was doing that with you last night about some Dallas people. Yeah. And, you know, just finding, don't be afraid to reach out. It's a lot, it's really easy to ask someone like, what, like, is this person good or, you know, whatever in a text message or in an email, it's a quick response. Like, mm-hmm. I don't ever mind doing that for any yeah. other planner in Austin, just because it helps, it helps them kind of dodge a bullet if they need to. Yeah. And it's not like they're just sitting there trying to tell me, here's, like, ask who I want to, they should make their vendor team. That's a whole lot more work. But just a quick, hey, have you used this person, like, yay or nay? Yeah. And you can give a quick, like, yep, that's a great person, or nope, I'd steer away. So let's talk coffee for a second. I don't know about you, but I am the type of person that unadmittedly makes a pot of coffee one day and maybe even uses the leftover coffee the next day and just reheats it. So not good, I know, for like the best tasting coffee, but hey, gotta do what you gotta do, right? But then I found Trade Coffee Company and you guys have got to check them out. Head on over to their website and take their coffee quiz. They're taking a whole new approach to really just brewing coffee at home. So basically you start by taking a quiz and they get an idea of the type of coffee you like and which beans would be best for you. From there, then they give you these awesome suggestions of which coffees would be the best fit for your coffee preferences. If you're interested and want to try it out, feel free to use the code ABBYCHILLIS when checking out and I can get you 50% off your first bag. What, what? So go check it out. Trade Coffee Company. I I didn't tell you this last night. I got, and maybe I'll just tell you this in a minute off the air, but someone emailed us and basically was like, hey, I saw your recent event. Can you give me all the contact information and connect me to all your vendors that you used? I would love to work with them. I want them to sponsor my next event. And I was like, so you want to become a client of ours? Because that's what we would do. (laughs) Wow. Like, didn't want to put the f- the work out at all. Yeah. Wow. I was, really, I was like, <clears throat> wow. And that's the kind of stuff, and maybe we'll probably talk about this in a minute, but of finding your worth and your value of, like, the, no, this is the work that I do. And, and I've curated relationships. Like you said a minute ago, like, it falls back on you. Mm-hmm. And, and so if something goes bad with someone you connected, that's on you, not yeah. them. And people will stop doing work for and you. And people will mm-hmm. stop. Mm-hmm. And people so, don't understand that. And yeah, if all those vendors, if you sent them off and, like, they did an event with this other person and they hated also, it. she could reach out to them herself. Well, yeah. And she doesn't know how, which is fine. But, yeah. 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 No, there's, I mean, that's, and that's, like, something that people, it's not you not wanting to share your stuff. It's you trying, to, one, to protect your brand, yeah. your brand, and two, like, 
there is a need for people to actually put in work and not just expect handouts. Yeah. And I think that there's a fine line between yeah. like community over competition and expecting handouts. Especially when it was pertaining to sponsorship. She wanted, like, mm. they wanted, they were doing this to secure sponsorships. Yeah. And so I was like, that's, that's a slippery I mean, slope. Well, and that's like, you know, if you, if you want to work with us and you want, if you need vendors and you need help securing sponsorships, like, we can sign you as a client and it's going to be X amount of dollars. That's just right. how it works. Right. So yeah. anyway. Yeah. Very fun. interesting. Very wow. Interesting. I was like, yeah. I was like, I'm nice, but... This is our business. Yeah. Like, this is how I do this. Yeah. That's exactly why I started Go Group, is because of stuff like that. I know. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Last question. So, you've been a teacher mm-hmm. six years, and now you've got this full-fledged business running and hoping, and, and will, I and will go full-time. Uh-huh. I'm going to support you in that. Thank you. What do you see, obviously, especially in elementary education, there's majority women Mm -hmm. and obviously with what you're doing there's majority women Mm -hmm. there is only women really Mm -hmm. we'll have to figure something out for the husbands and boyfriends later yeah but what is something that you've learned making the switch from education to self-made entrepreneur and like what are the differences that you see from one environment of women to the other and if one woman is in the educational realm now, like, you know, explain how they could be better at what you, with using what you've learned yeah. in the entrepreneurial world That's in their question. teaching. Yeah. I like realm. how you phrase that question. Yeah. So stop me if I start talking too long. Okay. <laughs> I, I told you this yesterday. I can talk about this forever. So in the educational world, if you, I mean, we all went to school. Yeah. But so you, most of your teachers were women, unless until you get to like middle school, high school. Most of your teachers are women. That's yep. just kind of the norm. Yep. Currently at our school, there are three men on staff of 60 people. That's crazy. It's so much estrogen that I want <laughs> to, like, run away sometimes. <laughs> because I, like, I'm very girly. Like, I'm wearing pink leggings right now. But at the same time. And a dog mom hat. <laughs> and a dog mom hat. At the same time, I'm like, where are my dudes? Like, I love, like, in college, I would have much preferred hanging out with our guy friends than all of our girlfriends. I love my girlfriends so much, but, like, I lived with them, and then I was like, no, these guys are kind of chill. Like, they're a lot more fun sometimes. So. You're talking to a girl who grew up with four brothers. I, I know. with the guys way better than I could hang are with you the girls. No, I'm in the middle. Oh, my Even God. Worse. Oh, middle. That makes sense. <laughs> No, it's like a You're good like thing. Like Enneagram eight and middle. Now it all's coming together. My sister's a middle kid too. Anyway, <laughs> so I would say, first of all, a lot of women. In the educational world, you're, you know, obviously you're like a classroom teacher mm-hmm. or you want to move up into an, a higher position. Right. The educational world is entirely different when you're in the schools in the systems than a corporate setting. Yeah. Once you if you go over into like the district central office or yeah. something, that's right. a little bit more of a corporate feel like HR or yeah. student services or something. But if you're working in a school or in a an educational facility, uh-huh. it is not like a corporate world because we're taking care of little lives. <laughs> right. And especially if you're in elementary, which I've been in elementary almost my whole career, it is 
there's just so much going on. You're there at, you know, I would I would beg to differ that or argue that kindergarten through fifth grade, sixth grade are the most formative years. I think high school is very formative too, but this is where they're learning every single foundational yep. thing. So it's a lot of pressure. Tons of pressure. Tons then of you pressure. throw in state testing that you have exactly. to that you're you're required required to do. to do and have class pass and mm-hmm. and then if you don't pass then like you don't get a raise right. and you know or which is, <clears throat> which is really nuts and our raise is like insulting anyway so it's mm-hmm. like not even worth it but so there's that I think working with a ton of other women I was telling you yesterday I am friends with like the men that work there and then like my team and maybe a couple of other teachers that I click with, but it's because when you're on a team, so for me, it's like the specials team, right? It's the music teachers, the art teacher and the PE teachers. Right. We are all on the same team because we're not in a grade level. Right. If, if it was like, you know, if I was teaching second grade, I would be working with the other four or other three second grade teachers. Right. So I feel like, the grade levels are, and this sounds like so like high school, the grade levels on honestly are like little clicks. pods and clicks yeah. of people. Mm-hmm. And everybody, I feel like sometimes everybody has some kind of issue with each other. Mm-hmm. So for us in like specials, they have an issue with us because they get to come to us and do very unique things. They don't sit at a desk and do writing work and read a book. Like we're up and we're moving and we're dancing and we're practicing things and we're whatever, or in PE they're literally running around or playing basketball or whatever. Right. You know, in art they're using their hands. They get to move around and get supplies and do whatever. Right. And so teachers get frustrated because they get to get some energy out and they pick them up and we do our best, but like they get a little riled up or whatever. So there's there, I think there's discord between things like that. Just giving you an example. I think, in addition, a lot of these people have not worked in a corporate setting or have not worked any other kind of job. They came right out of college and went straight to working in a teaching job, which I did. But I also worked a retail job. I worked fast food. I worked in churches. Yeah. Plenty of different experiences from all, like, realms of, you know, workforce. And so a lot of these people don't know how to communicate. Uh-huh. Or don't know how to lead. Or be one as a team. Yeah, lead. Or be on a that. team. Yeah. They just want to do their own shit and, like, do whatever. Right. So there's there's that. But then also, your leaders, like your principals, your assistant principal, your counselors, if you don't have a good leadership team, you're going to hate your job. And so that's why I hate my job. <laughs> our counselors are actually pretty great. but And our school actually just got a therapy dog this year. Wow. And he, his name is Ollie. He's this big golden retriever, and he's so wonderful. He's That's so amazing. good for our kids. Yeah. Our, our school is a trauma-informed school, so we have a lot of kids who've been through a lot of shit. Yeah. And I would adopt a, a number of them in a heartbeat if I could. But our leadership, and this is true not just at our school, but a lot of schools. Yeah. When women oh, yeah. move up in the educational world, it is, like I said, a lot of them... They got in a teaching job, taught for 10 years or something, went and got a master's degree, mm-hmm. and then they're moving up in a position of leadership where they've not had experience otherwise, and then they don't know how to lead. They don't know how to have empathy. They And all they're concerned about is what their bosses are telling right. them. 
they're concerned about the test scores. They're concerned about how many kids have we suspended. They're concerned about how many kids are a problem on the, the radar. Yeah. How many kids have been absent? This is the biggest thing that's been so frustrating this year. They're so anal about when you take attendance because if we don't take it at the right time, we lose like $100 for every kid that's not present oh that God. day. So they're on our asses to take attendance at 9 o'clock sharp. And if we don't, because if we don't, we lose so much money. Wow. And so it's all about money. And it's all, not like, especially when like the tornado hit in Dallas this year. Right. We were like, I'm sorry, they don't have a home right now. I will take attendance later and you're going to have to deal with it. It's like the, the like, it's like that doesn't the real even life matter. is removed. It doesn't, they don't, yeah. it doesn't even matter. Like they forget when people move up in education, I feel like they forget what it was like to be in the classroom and they forget what it's like to be face to face with a child, especially who's just gone through something. Like we've had several parents die this year mm. of like, and they're, so they're like eight and they just lost their dad. And you're like, we need some help. You know, <clears throat> that's the one thing I think we're just lacking resources and manpower. We were talking about police officers earlier and they're, you know, the workforce is always down. They're like short 200 mm-hmm. people. You were saying in Austin. Yeah. I feel like we're short dozens of people in a school. Like we just don't have the, the hands and the resources. And so really what it's come down to this last year is there's no empathy. They're, they're more worried about, are we coming to work? Are we taking grades? Are we doing this? Are we following our behavioral systems? Are we doing this? Then how are you doing? Like we, our school just went through some really, a lot of trauma. The tornado hit like the entire neighborhood behind our school. Mm. 27 families were homeless. And so it wasn't, Hey, are you okay? It's she's, she's completely focusing on, the like logistical tactical like what is on the to-do list and you know the saddest part is I think she's I think she's a believer I don't really know but she is into the Enneagram I know for sure and she mentioned being I think she's a two so she's very like rigid on rules Mm -hmm. and black and white which I think is fine it's great but she literally told us one time in a meeting She's not good at empathy, so don't expect it. Hi, as a leader, if you know that that's your weak... Big freaking red flag. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like... And so, you know what I mean? It's just like... So, I think a lot of us as teachers are suffering with mental health. And again, I know this is probably a long answer, but a lot of us are suffering. And a lot of teachers aren't paying attention enough to know they need to take care of themselves. Right. People like me... They're just trying to survive. Yeah, Exactly. They're just trying, trying to not get a chair thrown at them or, you know, a kid trying yeah. to punch them or whatever, um, which happens every day. But So taking that. Yeah, yeah. Like, and then now knowing, <clears throat> being your own boss and impacting others and now you being the leader, which you guys, it's kind yeah. of crazy because you are a leader because you're in the classroom every day leading children. Yes, but, but leader. It's a different leader yeah. now. So I think. What is. I have, I just keep saying to myself, like, as a boss. Because I have, in, you know, I have interns. It's yeah. not like we have all these employees. But as a boss, I want to make sure you are taken care of as a person first. Like, how are you doing? I know, you know, like someone got in a car wreck recently, you know, and I was like, and she was going to, she was so worried about being late to something we were doing. I was like, you're not coming. Like, you need to go home and like rest yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And, you know, making, doing that and taking care of people 
but also I just think it's about the person. Like the work is always going to be there. Like the work can wait. Yeah. But also if we work together, we can make something so much more wonderful. Like I've just seen like my principles are very bright and brilliant people. Mm -hmm. They do love kids. That's, that's the sucky thing is like, I know you love children. One of you has children. Yeah. <laughs> but if they would turn to us and trust us right. to help them and not let the pressure all be on them, we would do a lot better. Yep. We would get a lot farther. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't have student services at our school every single week. Yeah. We wouldn't have people from HR coming to our school to ask us what's going on here at this school. We wouldn't be the school that everybody else talks They're about. They're not leaning into y'all, so y'all can't lean into them. No. And we don't want to because we don't trust them. Right. And we don't want to because they don't give a shit. Well, at the end of the day, they're the ones that are leaders, so they have the power. Yeah. So you're not going to lean in first. They have to lean in first. Yeah. So I think what I've tried to adopt is a very much open-door policy because they have no open door. It is a closed-door yep. policy. Literally, most of the time if I'm in the office, their doors are closed. And it's like... Not welcome. It's the most tense environment. Like, every staff meeting is just like, are we going to talk about the fact that the police were here three times this week? (laughs) No? Okay. Cool. (laughs) I'm going to freaking leave then. (laughs) I'm going to go. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's just, it's shit like that that I see that and I'm like, nope. I am going to have an open door policy. I am going to be the best leader I can be. I'm going to ask my interns or the people that I work with, the vendors that we work with or the brands that we work with, how is your experience working with me? And that's a hard question to ask because I don't like feedback sometimes. So, but if I can ask, hey, how am I doing in this, this, this? I mm-hmm. want to know, please be 100% honest with me. It may hurt for a second if I messed up, but it's going to be so much more worth it in the long run. So much more profitable for your business. So much more profitable in every sense of the word. And so I think leadership, that open door policy, the person has to come first and the work can wait. The work will be there. We're all smart. We all work our asses off. I'm not worried about that. We're going to get shit done. Yeah. But, and just like teachers, like we are tough. We are so tough. I mean, we're trained to protect children if there's a school shooting. Yeah. That, whenever I think about that, it's crazy. Yeah. Crazy. It makes me want to get my concealed carry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But seriously. I know. I know. It's terrifying. It's terrifying. There was a, we were talking about it last night, shooting in, in Texas at a church. I know. Like, crazy. Yeah. I think also something that, I don't know, from the outside just looking at you, and you say things like, you know, had, would you, if you told me I was the owner of my company, you know, a company, and two years ago, I would have not believed you or not thought that this is where I would be. Yeah. But I think what, you know, having Dallas Girl Gang has done for you and all of the different things that have come along with it has taught you what you're capable of. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like if had, like for those that are still in the teaching realm and maybe yeah. they feel stuck or they feel like they they aren't capable of more than what they're doing. Like yeah. I have friends who are giving up on teaching because they just, it, they're, they're stuck and they're trying to find trying. other outlets. Mm-hmm. And they, honestly, I, some of them I look at and I'm like, they just have no value support. in themselves oh yes it just like they're so beaten down that they like they can't they you feel, can't see past yourself yeah exactly and so you've been able to take something and been wildly successful and been able to actually lead really well mm-hmm. and 
you know, from the outside, even looking in, I would almost say, like, have you surprised yourself? Yeah. Like, because that's how I see it is like you go from teaching and running, running a classroom to running a profitable business where you're impacting lives day in and day out. I don't know. Like, to me, I feel like if, if I was in that position, I'd be like, wow, I didn't know I had this in me. You know what I yeah. mean? No, for sure. I think definitely because I think it comes the most when people tell me face to face, like, hey, because of you, I got a new job or because right. because of Dell scrolling, I now have friends and I just moved here a couple years ago and I didn't have friends Yeah. or, you know, I came to the conference and I had just quit my job. I had no idea what to do. This is actually, these are all real stories. You know, I came to the conference, had no idea what I was going to do after I quit my job. And the conference gave me the tools and resources and people and connections to start my company. Yeah. And, and now they're like killing it, you know? Right. And so I think those are the moments where I'm like, oh my gosh, like I, did. I, did, I didn't know that I would be doing this. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think it really comes down to like, I love relationships. I love people. I love working hard. Yeah. Probably a little too much. That's very apparent. I like I like <laughs> I like to work hard. And I know how to try to communicate well. I don't yeah. I wouldn't say that I'm hundred percent amazing at it, but I know how to try, at least. Well, I don't think anyone's perfect at communication, but it's it's always a conscious yeah. effort. That's for sure. Okay. Uh, yeah. Last question. Woo, that was gonna be a long one anyway. <laughs> um that's just whatever. Um <laughs> You t- <laughs> you talked about boundaries in like your workflow and yes. your what your week looks like. Like working for yourself, mm-hmm. you know, doesn't mean that just because you're home you have all this time. Mm-hmm. So tell us a little bit about that. And I know you know Mondays are a big thing for you, stuff like that. Yeah. So we were just chatting about yesterday. We were at lunch and we were t- chatting about her going when she does go full time and she has forty hours in a week to mm-hmm. devote to her business. And what that looks like. And for the first, gosh, year and a half, I've probably really only been good at really putting in boundaries for the business and for myself the last six months, to be completely honest. But now that I've done it, I can tell you how much of a difference it makes Uh in quality of life. Mm -hmm. And what I do and how I do it is not the answer for everyone else, Mm -hmm. right? Like, you have to figure out what works for you, what works for the type of business that you're in. Like, we're working, you know, in heavy seasons all weekend long. So for me... Mondays has to be a reset button. If it's not a reset button, now I'm drained two weeks in a row. Mm -hmm. And I've learned that now. Like the reason I was getting like to become a bear and not enjoying my life and marriage and everything was because I was never getting to like go. (gasps) You're probably getting sick too. Well, yeah. Normally I just get sick. (laughs) Yeah. Your body gives you a way of. Shuts you down. (laughs) Yeah. Like, okay, fine. You're not going to rest. I'm going to make you rest. Uh, it's so true. God, yeah. Every time I get sick, I'm like, yes, I know. This is I me know. like needing a reset button. <laughs> so putting in boundaries that work for you. So like one thing that I was telling you I've done is Mondays, I don't schedule meetings. I don't do any type of phone calls with clients. I some, most of the time don't work a full eight hour day. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes I don't work at all. Sometimes it's only like just enough to cover up email, you know, get out emails that need to be they're time sensitive. And that's really it. Because that's my time on Sunday night that I get to enjoy fully with family and I have no anxiety about what my schedule is going on on Monday because I know my schedule is free. Mm-hmm. And I was realizing that like on a Sunday night, I was getting like the, the Sunday blues for like the week coming up because I was just like not ready to hit the ground running on Monday morning. Because you had just stopped Because I had just stopped at midnight on Saturday night. So it was like I was getting no break. And so I found that just 
even if I wanted to send emails and work or, you know, get certain to do's done with the business, I wasn't having to get dressed up. I wasn't having to do client facing things. And like, I was still getting to reset, even if I still needed to do certain work. Mm -hmm. And so I've found that doing that, and I've done that now for probably six months. And it's been the most incredible thing Mm -hmm. to know that like my Mondays are like my days. Like I Mm -hmm. save those for myself and they're Mm -hmm. like my almost, I don't know. it's, It's like sacred. Yeah, it is almost sacred. It's kind of crazy. And like my son was sick one Monday and I like not too long ago. And I was like, this was my day. This was my day and it's gone. <laughs> I've been working three weeks straight. And, you know, it just becomes like your day. And then like my Fridays, I have found that by the end of the week in the way that my ADD and personality runs, that by the end of the week, I hate computer work. Like my attention mm. to computer work is out the window. Mm. So anytime anyone wants to network, meet for coffee, meet for lunch, I need to do like a design visit with a client. And so mm-hmm. we're needing to like walk through the rental, you know, shop and, you know, create design. That's for Fridays because Mm. that is my go time of being up and about and like, you know, ready for the weekend. And Mm -hmm. so I've started making all of those types of meetings towards the end of the week and on Fridays Mm -hmm. because then I don't have to be on my computer. Mm -hmm. And I know that I'm that way and it works so well with my personality and the way that I am. And by doing those two things alone, it has been a total game changer on quality of work-life balance. Mm. Like total game changer. And most of the time my Fridays end early because of that. Like I just won't get back on my computer and I'll put my out of office up beginning of Friday morning, because I am out of office. And I think something else too, being in the event world specifically, is when I was talking about this with another uh, planner in Austin, we don't have full office days. Mm-hmm. Like it's very rare, like obviously my Mondays are, but besides Mondays, like it's very rare that I am in the office for eight hours. Mm-hmm. And off, by office, I mean on my phone and on my computer, able to take any call or any email at any point in time. Mm-hmm. Most of the time with event planning, it's us going out, and having to meet with clients or having to meet with vendors or doing mm-hmm. whatever. And it takes us away from just like the desk part of the job. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that people understand that. Yeah. Like when I don't respond for 24 hours, it's not because I'm just not working. It's because yeah. I legit haven't been able to be on my computer. Or if I've had, it's been to get very specific things done that Short. I needed to get done that were time sensitive. Right. And that's something that I wasn't even aware of until I was really having a conversation and getting some support from another planner in Austin of just like, be aware that like you of and that that's just not event planning. I mean, if you're in sales and you're yeah. outside sales and you're having to go around and see meet if you're in, you know, pharmaceutical and you're meeting with doctors or you're meeting with your, you know, tech clients or whatever, you're not in the office and like being aware that you are still working even though you're not like on the phone or on the computer. And I think that was a hard thing for me. I was working 10-hour yeah. days. Yeah. because I was working 8 hours and then meeting a client at night. And I was like, "Oh my gosh." I'm working 60, 70 hour weeks mm-hmm. because I'm not being strategic of how I'm like timing my meetings out and timing all of that out. So I try to do meetings back to back and, mm-hmm. you know, try to set aside four hours for work mm-hmm. and then eight out or, you know, four hours for meetings mm-hmm. and do it that way rather than going back and forth. Or if I have a coffee shop meeting, I get there two hours early and I get work done. So mm-hmm. I'm like being strategic. Right. Doing things like that is, I would say like, crucial to being able to be successful, especially in the entrepreneurial or anything where you have a schedule freedom. Mm-hmm. Like you have, you have to set boundaries for yourself right. and your schedule and make that eight to five type thing happen. Mm-hmm. Even though you don't have a boss saying, Hey, you have Let's to be do. in the door before, you know, nine and you, you can't leave before four or right. whatever. It's, and it's you have to do crazy. that for yourself or you're going to be all over the place and it eventually catches up with you. And I would say even to the people who are doing this, you know, maybe their business is on the side of a full-time job. Yeah. You have to do that because, and I was telling you yesterday, like my calendar is structured to the minute almost. Yeah. You know, 
I am working until like 3 4 o'clock and then the only time I can really work on my business is like my lunch break and which is like 20 minutes and then and that's also when I get to pee like yeah you know so that and then after work from like four to six yeah. so I there was a long spurt you were saying like you were doing all that and then meeting clients at night there was a long stretch where I just looked at my calendar and I saw empty slots from four to six and I was like well let's fill them all up I got shit to do like I have meetings to make happen right. And I was doing like three and four meetings after work every week for Ugh. like months. Not and then I realized it's not sustainable. And then no. I realized my husband hasn't seen me. Mm-hmm. I haven't been home. Mm-hmm. I'm I I'm barely like cooking, you right. know, dinner or whatever. I'm probably eating like shit. Mm-hmm. And I realized they're going to have to meet me halfway and do this on a phone call. Or I'm scheduling them all at once on, like, a Saturday. Yep. Or, like, a Friday. Not even a Friday. I, I decided Fridays are out because I don't even want to do anything on Fridays. No. Yeah, it's, you have to figure it out, like, what that yeah. is. Yeah. And put that boundary And up. then I decided not working on Sundays. But you've also strategically put in, like, I thought it was cool how you strategically put in days off. Like, you know your days off for, like, the spring semester now. And you're kind of, like, planning yes. those out by month and yes. spreading them out. And I think... You know, if you, if you are someone doing something on the side, like, that's super important. Put those days yeah, out. you have PTO. Take it. Yeah, use it. And then use that. If, if you're really wanting to hustle and try to eventually make it your full-time thing, like, use those days to, to like, work. And, and plan for what that day is going to look like right. for your side hustle. Yeah. Do that, but also some of the days that I will take off are literally just... Sit on the couch and do nothing. days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or when we do have, like, a spring break or Martin Luther King Day off or whatever... Those days need to be actual rest, rest days. days. Now, like Christmas break and Thanksgiving break are a little bit different because it's like a busy season. And if I have a whole week or two weeks off, like I'm going to get some work done. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, I know probably come spring break, I will probably at least take half of that week actually off and yeah. not do anything. And you should. And but, everyone should. Yeah. Structure sure. is really important. Structure. Boundaries. Boundaries. Huge. Boundaries. Communication. Empathy. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's like the those are the themes. The themes of this conversation. <laughs> yeah, for sure. This is fun. This was awesome. I love really it. good conversation. Yeah, I it. Hope you guys got something out of it. And if you're listening on the Loving This Life podcast, you guys should definitely go follow along with um, Amanda's journey. She's got Dallas Girl Gang, which is an empowerment women's like networking and community group mm-hmm. that is just completely taking off in the Dallas market and. She's doing an incredible job of, you know, women supporting women. Um, She's got her podcast. Fearless Girl Gang. Fearless Girl Gang. And the conference that she has that's coming up this year, Mm -hmm. well, 2020, 2020. is the Fearless Conference. And we're actually working on what the theme of that's going to be today. And then you have your own community now that you've relaunched. And that's... The boss community. The boss community. Yeah. She's got all these things. I know. I keep them all straight. (laughs) So anyways, she's doing a lot of good, and she's been so fun to follow along. She's not one of those people where you're like, God, she's like... She's up and down. I'm just going to unfollow her. Like, she is someone, like, every time she posts, it's all good stuff, and... She's definitely someone y'all should go follow along. So if you're listening from my end, go check out what Amanda's doing, and... Yeah. Yeah. And if you're listening on the Fearless Girl Gang podcast... 
Abby, tell us where we can find you and your company and all the fun things. Yeah, Grow Group is... Um, G-R-O. G-R-O. Yeah, there's no W. Kind of had to be funky, which Love now it. hindsight's 2020, whatever. Probably should have thrown it to W, but whatever. Um, we have Grow Group, which is our corporate event marketing and planning. And then ACH Events is the sister company that does just the weddings. Mm-hmm. And then I also have my obviously Loving This Life baby, which is yes. just a passion project. And um If you are someone who has dealt with sexual trauma, sexual assault, um, I'm an advocate for that and Mm -hmm. started the Loving This Life podcast to promote self-love and just creating a life of of love and joy despite some hardships that happen um, to people when that happens, um, one of them being myself. Mm -hmm. So yeah, big advocate, big advocate. Started 12th Woman, one of the co-founders of 12th Woman, which demanded some change at the Texas A&M University. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I mean, just try to, I just try to put as much positivity. I think that's why we click. Mm-hmm. Just trying to put it some good out in the world and support each other and support people. Yeah. So yeah, I would love to, love to connect. Yeah, for sure. Let's go connect with Abby. But this was super fun and I love you and you're awesome. Thanks. Love you too. This has been great. This is the best. Waco for the win. <laughs> You guys, we love Waco. Yeah, we do. And they have really good food. Go check out my Milo or Milo. That's like my new M-I-L-O, favorite M-I-L-O, whatever. It was the cutest little shop yesterday That's we had so lunch yummy. at. Love All right, you guys Thanks, go guys. out, conquer the world, have fun, have a great day. Talk to you guys later. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Loving This Life podcast. It is because of people like you tuning in each episode that Loving This Life has a purpose. If you like what you hear... Please be sure to subscribe and leave us a review. This is how we spread the love and reach more amazing people like you. I also want to say a special thank you to Ella Reed. She so graciously shared her empowering and uplifting song, Walk On, for us to use on the podcast. And lastly, remember to wake up each day being confident with who you are, but also love yourself enough to change for the better. Peace, y'all.